But it is what is up. What is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, y'all. A little slow on the uptake there, Joe. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> tripping because uh, Skype is up and then it's offering me to join the call. It's like I'm not on the call, but I'm on the call, so. We're doing it live. <laughs> All right, I joined the call. We're doing it live. You're, you're joining it live. Something. And your auditory can now so tuned into episode 162 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? I'm doing good. Just uh, sitting here trying to get edumacated, doing a lot of doing a lot of homework. But yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to talk about games. We missed last week, but we are back. Back in effect. Back in effect. Full effect. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, man. He is the food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, Feeling good tonight. Friday night. I'm getting this recording done, and... I am definitely maximizing my gaming dollar on there. You know, go to your local library, everyone. Grab them games, you know, <laughs> free on there. So I'm grateful. Well, paid, I, for, paid for by your tax dollars. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> I'm glad but someone's I'm, getting, you know, getting used to it. You know indeed, what? indeed. F them roads. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, give me some games. Yeah. <laughs> We got potholes everywhere, but man, I got I got Elden Ring. What that else games. do I need? <laughs> and then play our friend Chris AK left Brown. So, you know, it's it's like doubly important mm-hmm. for tax mm-hmm. dollars. So. Keep them folks going. Yep, All right. It. So our as usual, our first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. All right, Joe, why don't you kick things off, man? Jabroni Chief, what you been playing? Uh, some varied stuff, actually, this time. So um, we'll start out with the usuals, of course. So we could probably talk. Uh, we've been, you know, plugging away at Outriders in these last couple of weeks. We're still playing our secondary characters. I'm playing my Devastator on there. I know that you guys are playing your various characters. I think, Desmond, you've been switching it up back and forth, I think, between your uh, secondary characters, I believe. My Trickster so. and my Pyromancer, that is correct. Yeah. And we are playing with the community. We're playing with our friend Christian, of course, and uh, whoever else we get a chance to play with. I don't think we've played with Damon in the last couple of weeks, but, uh, you know, if you want to play, uh, even if you want to play on another console, because crossplay is supported with Outriders, we're definitely open to doing that so we're almost like to the end of the campaign with our secondary characters at least so i'm still enjoying it and it's like, it's like been the been the game that we've been playing multiplayer together the most at least a little bit so enjoy my time any other further thoughts on outriders gentlemen no 
No, just just happy to be playing it. Uh, like you said, I am getting a little cold on it, just a little bit, just a little bit. But but it's like when I get in there and I start playing, then I just kind of warm up to it. So it is a really good game. And yeah, then also, I, I beat it along with my secondary character. Oh, you oh, did? All yeah, right, last night. So. Although I think something happened with my save because I went back into the lobby and then back into the game. And I think it started me back before the final confrontation. So I think I had an error of mm. some sort. I'll have, you know, to, I'll have to see. All the saves for that game's in the, in the cloud. Ether, so, yeah. yeah. They ether, but, ethered me. <laughs> so much. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll plug away and get at it tonight. So on it but definitely still enjoying it and um anxious to see and hopefully maybe the dlc will come out during a a less busy period out there and then everyone out there is playing everything under the sun on there i'm still you know moderating myself appropriately with my new game intake but you know i have been pre-ordering some stuff after it made first so but you know i'm gonna take everything in moderation even afterwards so but you know i do want to pick up king of fighters i think we've been talking about it a little bit on the discord too so on there but uh, also another game i might pick up after may 1st may not um babylon's fall i've still been logging in every day playing the demo i've like you know gone in and done a couple missions so on and so forth on there i'm just kind of racking up rewards just in case i do decide to buy the game you know uh, at a later point on there you know and uh kind of getting some glitches a little bit because you know every time i try to quick match to play with others online with randos if they're trying to play a mission above and beyond the demo i'm not able to get in so so I'm eager to kind of to check the game out. I'm kind of wishing it comes to Spartacus or whatever coming coming down the pike just to make my life easier. So, And another game uh, that I haven't uh, been playing and I haven't talked about in a while, me and Desmond, based on our listener, Crucial Chase, went in and fired up and played a little Destiny 2 for a little while. So... And, uh, you know, you even know it's coming back to uh, an old flame, you know. It's like, you know, we hit it and quit it. Well, we hit it for definitely a, a, quite a bit, bit of time. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of cool going back. I don't know how you feel, Des. You could say one way or another. I mean, it was fun. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I didn't like it or I had or, you know, I'm not I didn't have fun with it. I did like it's a really it's a really great game. But but it was just, you know, I just I know there's a lot of new content. And there's a lot of stuff you can do and everything. And and we talked about this before. They're they're want us wanting to have a, a Destiny 3 kind of coming coming into the um, into the mix and the chances of that happening. Uh, I'm not sure. Hoping with it, with the new influx of cash they're getting from uh, Sony, that might be the case. But um, not really sure. I mean, honestly, right now it, it was fun. I got back into it, but I just I actually deleted it already because I needed some space for some new games. You know, and I think that was just the main crux. Kevin had said it best on our um, 
on our uh, game night Thursday, this past Thursday, that you know, this is there's just too much new stuff to go back to that. You know, even though Destiny has new stuff, there's no lack of that. It's just I don't know. It just it just it just seems like the newness of it is just not it's just not new enough, you know, to compete because because even even that new stuff is um it's still kind of uh, a little bit of recycled old stuff that has like new slashes of paint on it so so i i think that's for, for me one of the reasons why i kind of let go of it it was just like okay you know it was fun to go back and look at it yes the gameplay still buttery smooth yes it still looks good but you know i just need a little bit i see a little bit more oomph to really to really kind of put a dent and and what i'm currently playing right now or or what's coming down the pike so so but yeah you know bring bring out destiny you know three with a whole bunch of new stuff new reworking all the stuff that you're testing out or doing for for you know the witch queen and you know beyond light and all that other stuff fantastic you know you've tested it all out it works now wrap that all up into a really nice bow make a destiny three and just really you know blow the doors off that's how like if they really I, and i know i keep saying you know i would think that they would get a lot of money by being able to uh push out a new destiny 3 and i think that that would be a really lot of a really big influx of cash but but that that influx of cash has to be more than just chopping it up and putting up these seasonal stuff and at this point i don't know if it is or not so so maybe maybe destiny 3 is not on the horizon and and they're just happy with destiny 2 and i you know and that in that aspect i think it's just better for them to call it something completely different you know call it destiny legacy or call it you know something else and just and just branded as a as a games as a service which it kind of already is but just destiny 2 to me implies that there's going to be something more you know like i would love for there to be a trilogy but that's just me again but so but i don't think i'll be going back to it you know i i I, i'll never say never because hey who knows you know they might bust out destiny 2 electric boogaloo and it blows the doors off of everything but but for right now yeah I, i think i'm gonna let it pass yeah, I think if you maybe had access to some of the expansions without having to pay any money out of pocket, it might be a different thing on there. I know we played the first uh, campaign mission for Beyond Light because I think it's open for everyone on there and got a chance to at least do that. Um, I also played the uh, beginning campaign of Shadowkeep, which I also own on PlayStation on there and uh, got to fire that up you know it takes you back to the moon and there more and that's like what two years old now maybe two and a half years old on mm-hmm. there on there and um you know it feels good to go back to the moon with the the quote-unquote new splash of paint for me with all the dual sense and the playstation 5 enhancements as well on it uh you know the one daunting thing i talked about previously is looking at that vault and i decided i did think not last game night but the game night before i basically stood in there because chase was having issues connecting i wound up like going in through the vault and breaking down every purple you know every legendary gear i had even including my iron banner set and all that just to grind it down because uh one thing i discovered is that um because it's from a prior expansion that has been basically farmed out that i was not able to uh, go in and buff it up beyond the 350 light level uh, that the, these items were signified. So even if I kept it, um, I would not be able to power it up or keep it. So 
it's almost like they they keep it in there but at the same time it's like it's not even going to be a part of the current uh, game going forward so it's just like yeah and one thing the exotics do carry forward and you're already able to level those up so you know so i do have exotics and i did get enough uh like you know trinkets uh from breaking down all my legendaries that you know whenever i decide you know to get to the max light level and whatever setup i want to do and go from there on that and so I'll, I'll definitely i'm going to be dabbling with it a little bit more um i think i mentioned to chase I, this is something i don't want it to be because back when we were playing quite a bit it was like more of an all-encompassing, like, you know, kind of how Outriders is, but even more so with mm -hmm. us as of late. That we were just playing Destiny nonstop. Uh, it was our multiplayer game of choice. And, you know, not even got Desmond in playing, you know, on multiplayer in the damn Iron Banner and Crucible and whatnot, you know, mm. so. And I know, Kev, <laughs> I know your, your frustration playing Crucible, too, you know, during those Iron Banner weekends and that kind of thing, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did that for there was a hand cannon in the first game that you had to do multiplayer for, and I pushed through that. It might have been that that hive one. I can't remember what it's called now, but yeah, I put myself through that punishment. <laughs> and I'm not I've... playing multiplayer. I'm I'm gonna take this. I'm just gonna enjoy the campaigns that are available uh, that I have. You know, I have Shadowkeep available. I have Beyond Light on PC via PC Games Pass up until April 11th on there. So, see, you know, that's not going to be an every night thing, but it's like just something to where if I want to play a shooter uh, that just has really good, good gameplay, real good gunplay, you know, and check out some of the missions because that's that's where to me Destiny shines the best. I don't want to get together and do no raids. I want to, you know. Do no gear check with some randos and how's that gear looking there, buddy? Is that is that the shotgun that, uh, working for you? That shotgun working for you there, Pat? That's, uh, it's a reference. It's like having some problem. Me, me, and uh, Des joined this uh, rando or not rando? It's a friend of uh, Jason Surgeon Fire to do a, a, like a raid on there and uh, about the middle of the raid i was just having some difficulty but you know uh, i think desmond you were having difficulty too but they no i was fine it was just you <laughs> <laughs> just kidding sorry yeah 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 <laughs> not, not. So, yeah the whole thing was is that the the people that were in the raid with were uh, had some pointed questions about my loadout and what my difficulty was because I was the quote unquote cause of us being stuck at this one place in the raid <laughs> and not being able to move on. So I don't think that problem. I, I just think we just, I just don't think we had the right, um, synergy. I think. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I agree. I just think it wasn't. Yeah. So was it the right group for us? So yeah, for sure on there also fine other games you know we had a two two week layoff so i fired up my switch and played some switch for the first time in a long time and uh you know i actually uh you know visited kirby star allies of all games of my backlog this is something i got from the library and i've kind of been renewing it and never playing it and so i decided like the week weekend before i had to turn back in the library uh to fire it up and hey it's kirby it's like it's awesome it's like just good platforming fun i don't know if any of you two played this game yet or not but uh 
I have not. I have not. I have yeah. not. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's from like a few years ago, you know. And we were talking about the new Kirby game coming out this month on there. And uh, yeah, this one's pretty damn decent. You know, you're able to, you know, pick up uh, and, you know, basically get some allies in the enemies that are on the play field by throwing a heart out there. And you could have up to uh, uh, three different other characters along with you. And it kind of gets chaotic sometimes during the platforming because that's like I'm trying to keep track of both me and also the other three characters are computer controlled on the play field as well on there so sometimes i have fallen from ledges you know fallen to my death because i just can't keep track of all the wherewithal between uh, me the other three characters and uh, the enemies as well on there but the, what's cool is that uh, these other characters in the um, play field you know uh, you're able to gather their powers and of course kirby eats everything so once he swallows uh, said friend allies that he's able to gain their powers and so it's like you're constantly like you know going in and mixing and matching sometimes with some puzzle elements too to be able to get past certain uh you know levers and certain platforms in the environment and whatnot it's just been very enjoyable so you know on there you know i, I could say it's maybe a little bit too easy but to me it's like it's still Something that, you know, why, why do I want, you know, you want Kirby to have Elden Ring <laughs> difficulty? I don't think so on there. So I've been enjoying that quite a bit. And then the last game that, you know, I, I've been meaning to play fighting games. We talked about on the show quite a bit. And one night I just decided to fire up Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. So this is like the uh, kind of the modern version of Virtua Fighter 5 which originally was like Virtua Fighter 5 Final Showdown that came out for uh, PS3 and, and 360 back in the day. And uh, this was the reboot that Sega kind of brought out with Virtua Fighter and uh, enjoyed myself quite a bit. I, I played a little arcade mode. I went online and played ranked and actually was doing okay on there. In fact, at one point I had like about 23 wins in a row at one point. Nice. Nice. So um, I kind of jumped into and was going into some rooms, actually, because there's different types of you got both ranked multiplayer and they also have room multiplayer. So it's basically almost like being at an arcade because it's you and three other randos in there. But no chat, of course, you know, and it's just, you know, basically taking turns. You know, it's like, you know, it's like putting a quarter up on the glass, you know, once it's once it's your turn take your turn if you win you stay and keep playing until you lose and you get back in line basically so it's kind of cool and they do have tournament setups too which i believe the tournament setups is for tomorrow i think it's only on the weekends but you can enter yourself into a tournament so it's just kind of cool to be able to go in and just fire up and you know i think when playing ranked mode i wasn't playing anyone in particular as far as uh, i think maybe there was some lag involved on the opponent in that was causing me to you know obviously win i almost kind of question if there's bots on there after a while <laughs> on there because uh you know when i was waiting for uh, someone to pop up you know it just leaves you in, in a like tutorial mode that way you can sit there and just practice in between the opponents on there so just uh kind of you know gave me some good old familiar feelings because i'm a big virtual fighter fan and i like fighting games too and it's like you know, it's something i haven't really gone back to you know so got you all the feelies huh 
You got it. I mean, I'm kind of eager beaver to, you know, May 1st rolls around. I know, Kev, you've been talking about checking out King of Fighters, you know, and you know, I really, truly believe we want to get a Friday night fight going on with gaming vessels. I'm down if need be on there. So I'm going to continue to play Virtual Fighter 5. You know, it's like, you know, it's one of these games where I could play and talk to Dez or be an online chat and still concentrate for the most part. So, so. Well, that's been my eventful two weeks of uh, my playlist. Uh, Dez, what you've been playing? What have I been playing? Oh, uh, well, talked about Outriders. Played that with you. That was a lot of fun. Um, played, uh, basically, I've just been playing Spider-Man, really. Um, really trying to uh, 100% that game. I'm at about 68, almost 70%. I just forgot how good that game is and the way that it unfolds and how you get stuff and just swinging around is so effort, effortless. Just It's just a really great game and it deserved all the accolades it's get, gotten. So once I get done with that, I'm kind of, you know, powering through this stuff. Although I find myself waiting and watching this cutscenes again because, it's, again, it's just a fantastic game. Um, and then, like I said, I'm going to play the three DLCs in the Miles Morales, and then that'll be a wrap on Spider-Man. Um, but that's really all I've been playing. Uh, there are a couple games that I do want to check out on um, Game Pass, because Tunic has come out, a uh, little uh, Legend of Fox Zelda thing. It's, no, they're calling it a Cute Souls, because it, it plays it plays like a Dark Souls-type game. Uh with but it's like really cute and i was watching some gameplay and the game looks pretty serious you know it's got a cutesy style but but it looks pretty uh pretty crazy if you're not ready for for it and you haven't uh, upgraded your skills or not um but yeah i just like i just like think the way it looks really cool uh the instructions are all in this weird sim- symbolic or uh symbol language i can't i can't remember the word but it's all like hieroglyphics almost and so you're trying to figure out how to play the game because nothing is in english really so i mean there is stuff in english but it's you know telling you like what the what the, what the name of a certain area you're in but the but even the even the instruction guide is is in is in the tunic language so it's interesting and it looks fun and i'm i really want to uh play that as it is on uh game pass so i'll finally yeah. fire up my game pass uh, my xbox and play that and and maybe that'll lead me down the rabbit hole, and I'll start playing some more stuff on my uh, on my uh, Xbox. But for for the life of me, it's just been PS5. Um, so I'll have to kind of make that balance a little bit more. And I want to go back. I want to get back to playing uh, Lost Ark as well. That game is really fun, but it's just finding a way to fit everything in because school has been uh, pretty crazy as well uh with homework and 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 whatnot okay and one thing i forgot to mention during my uh playlist is that uh, i've been playing a, a game that was provided to us by rata god i can't pronounce it. it's r-a-t-a-l-a-i-k-a rata leaky rata laka game rata laka yeah so um Motor Rotor MC, which I kind of got a code for. I, you know, I'm on the PR list, and uh, basically this game is a top-down racer, kind of in the same vein of Super Sprint or Super Off-Road, and it's a basically a, a modern 
version. It's like a, a PC engine port. So TurboGrafx-16 for you uh, women out there uh, that don't know what PC engine is. But uh, I found that it's kind of fun. I mean, it's pretty much just something that's just kind of a blast from the past. I actually played the original Motor Rotor that came out here uh, for TurboGrafx-16, but it was like an overhead racer that kind of scrolled along, along with the uh, racing path on there but uh you know enjoyed what i played and it's something i think it has enough arcade style even though it's like just like the game you played quest for infamy is kind of like a blast from the past because literally they took like an old pc engine game i made it sure it, it ran on modern systems and basically just released it in all its old glory <laughs> if need be exactly yeah quest for infamy is the one that i played and it's a point and click adventure with uh with rpg elements and it got a lot of in its heyday it got a lot of awards and a lot of uh, accolades for for really pushing uh the point and click genre um is it dated yeah but but again, that doesn't really matter because if you really like these games and you really um, and, and you really see them come or come into this next generation of gaming, now's the time to to go and pick them up um, because it really was a it it was a very interesting uh, game um, and it, it wasn't for me, but that doesn't mean that it might not be for you uh, and the and, and the fact that. Uh, you got to get you got to kind of get really get into it you know it's a point and click adventure and and for me point and click adventures haven't really um so nothing for me so like king's quest space exactly. quest like um yeah. but, monkey but the island thing, yeah but the thing yeah exactly it's more like monkey island and whatnot but but it has a, an actual pretty robust um i would say i would say robust uh magic system so and and how you you know you know interact with folks and so so in that aspect, I could definitely see why it won its uh, the, the awards that it did. Um, and and I'm thinking if you're really wanting an old school sort of, you know, blast from the past, because I know that Monkey Island uh, got a got a re-release and and some people have been playing it. Like, I think this is I think this is one of those games that, that probably deserves a re-release uh, a replay if, if you played it back then, like. The load times are buttery smooth. The um, the controls are, are are great. I think I think this is, I think this is I think this is a great game to feel that to feel that kind of nostalgia, that that people of the genre would really enjoy. So you know, so yeah. I mean, go out there, find it, have at it. I think you would really love it. But yeah, yeah that's... with the uh, Motor Rotor RC, I'm definitely. Bill, it's uh, you know if you guys want to play out there, definitely let us know. Uh, you know maybe we could get some other codes. Motor Rotor MC, excuse me, I think I said RC. So, mm -hmm. all right, but uh, but again, that's all the stuff that I've really been playing. Uh, Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? God, I hope it's not more overtime because that game's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it it'll probably be that next week. Okay, but uh, for for the past couple of weeks. It's been Grid Legends, which has been absolutely phenomenal. I haven't, ha I haven't made. Well, I just broke into the pro leagues, and I'm playing through the story. And the further I go in the game, the more intriguing I am. I, I get by, or I, I am. The story intrigues me more. It's. Uh, 
I don't know. It's it, the it's well acted. It's not really hokey. I mean, I think some hokey or cokey things happen, but the skill of the actors involved really kind of make up for parts that perhaps weren't all that well written. And it, I think it just kind of goes to show that they put that they put a lot of thought into getting the cast that they chose together. And everybody that I've seen thus far really works, seems to kind of cohese, if that makes any sense while, you, while you're watching it. But more importantly, the gameplay is absolutely phenomenal. The uh the the dual sense is in full effect like i've said before it's just a great driving game it, it it's the best it's the best racer that is not a sim that that i that you can get right now in, in my in my opinion uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic haven't jumped online with it yet i want to complete the story build up my garage a little bit more uh, open up some more liveries, some more options, and uh, once I complete the story, then I'll I'll probably dip into the the online and see what that looks like. But it's a pretty game. It, it you know, like I said before, it's not Gran Turismo as far as looks go, but it, it it's still a good looking game, and most and most importantly, it is a great playing game. So if you have any kind of uh, uh, affinity for drivers that lean more toward the arcadey side. I couldn't recommend Grid Legends more. I recently had a price drop. It's down to like thirty nine dollars. The last time I saw it on uh, uh, GameStop. So that's you know I play I paid full price for it and don't regret it. But it is an absolute steal right now at that price. The other games, of course, that I've been playing is uh, Outriders with YouTube, and and I completed the game under my my secondary character. I think I might have had some type of a save glitch. I was telling the crew that uh, when I finished the game, I went back into the I left the lobby, went back into the game, and noticed that it looked like it started getting ready to start me just before the final confrontation. So I'll have to. Do some, you know, take a second look at that and see if I was actually, if I actually uh, finished the game. I think there might have been some type of a save error. It, it, you know, my save is not lost, but it, I think some, some data might either been corrupted or not saved or something. That's all, that's all server side issue stuff. But whatever, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at the, the end scenario, so that's not too bad. And of course, Forbidden West. I mean, my goodness, I have completed two primary story events, and it's just been an absolute blast. It's been freaking fantastic. Forbidden West is is the is my game of the year as of right now. It now I haven't played Elden Ring. And I haven't played any of these other games that have uh, not released yet, obviously. But that bar is high. It is really high. The changes to the gameplay, the performance that I'm experiencing on the PS5 with 
practically no load times whatsoever. It's just it's it, man, it's great. It I, I really don't not not that I pay attention to reviewers, but I do not understand the some of the scores that this game is, has received. And I, th- I think it's just hateration uh, with some of these uh, media these media fo- media folks. But uh, whatever, whatever. It, it's a fantastic game. I I couldn't recommend it any higher. But the one other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I'm, I'll probably wind up spending probably more time than I should on this, uh, so my apologies up front, is I got some a chance to spend quality time with the Evercade Versus or the Evercade VS. I've heard it pronounced both ways, so I'm not 100% sure how, it's, how, how you say it, which is a retro console... Uh, that is put out by the fine folks at uh, Blaze Entertainment. And they've had a portable unit out for some time now. And uh, they put they put out a set-top box uh, that also runs off the same media that the portable unit does. This is a this is a neat. This is a neat kit. It it is not without its shortcomings, and I'll I'll get into that in a little bit. But I think the thing that really sticks with me as someone who, as I get older, am falling further and further into the retro the retro thing when it comes to gaming. I like the idea that the carts that you buy. Um, is financially supporting the original creators of the content. And I think stuff like this is going to, it's just, it's just another arm in aiding the uh, preservation of games and putting a uh, kind of like a, a financial in, uh, uh, initiative of uh, products like this uh, are are, are give, giving like a financial initiative that you know these games that came out 20 30 years ago 40 years ago and in some instances can generate a little bit of income for the original creators and uh, we just have another means without the need of getting on a computer and downloading an emulator and figuring out how the ROMs work and you know yada 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 all that stuff so I think there's a really neat uh, niche that a product like the Evercade has in the console space. One thing, when after you, uh, as far as what comes in the box, you get the unit. You get two controllers that are that connect to the main box via USB. This thing is super small. It is smaller than an Xbox Series S. Uh, and a little bit, a little bit uh, thinner too, a little bit lower in height. You can connect up to four controllers to the unit for games that support uh, four-player, uh, four-player gameplay. It also came with two carts. It came with uh, the Technos Arcade Volume One and the Data East Arcade Volume One. 
And I went on ahead and picked up the Atari Arcade. What volume was that? I think it's volume one as well as the Intellivision, uh, the Intellivision collection on that, which is, you know, y'all, y'all know my disappointment with the Amico. So, so they, <laughs> listen to some prior episodes if you want the full story on that. But uh, this thing is pretty dope. Uh, it, it when you connect it connects it to via uh, HDMI, so you just uh, it, and but it does not come with its own with its own HDMI cord. Uh, it um, another thing that I found a little bit interesting is that while it comes with a power cord, it does not come with a uh, what you would call it the plug adapter. Uh, on one end connects, you know, like a like a typical, um, and I, I forget the name of the jack that of that type of connector. But on the opposite end is uh, H as a um, USB male, so you've got to plug it into something like a charger, the charger plug that you would use for like uh, your cell phone or some other mobile device, which I have tons of those lying around. So I was at and I also have a, I actually have a bunch of spare HDMI cords. Don't ask me why, but I was getting those things together was not a, was not a problem. Uh, connected the unit. It has LED lights, which I've I find kind of odd. Unfortunately, I can't see them because of the way my entertainment center is set up all of my consoles are behind my television set because uh my entertainment center unfortunately does not with the tv that i have on it does not allow me to have uh my consoles displayed up front and uh putting my consoles in an enclosed space is a big no-no so i can't see the LED light display that that comes on but when you turn it on it has an LED light display which you know <laughs> which is kind of interesting uh the gimmick with this and I and I don't use gimmick as an as a pejorative I I just say gimmick as cuz as just kind of sort of what it is because it is a gimmick the gimmick is that you can play two carts at the same time or plug in two carts at the same time but through the the UI, you can set the order on the contents of those cards in any sort order that you choose. So it's kind of neat. You can put them in alphabetical order. You can um, put, say, like you've got the Technos in one in one card slot, and you've got the Atari Arcade Collection in the other. You can sort the games on one cart and leave the other ones at the default. You can combine both. You can, uh, I think you can even sort them by by year that they launched. I, they're, they're, it's actually kind of neat. The user interface itself is very simple, but it's very colorful and, it, and it's very quick. It's uh, really what kind of blew me away is the fact that the first thing that the Evercade did once I connected it 
was or powered it up was it asked me to access my Wi-Fi network. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I connected it. And uh, the next thing it did was download a firmware update. And I'm thinking, okay, that is not what I expected. I just expected this thing to basically run ROMs. But the the folks at Blaze Entertainment, when you look when I when I flipped through the instruction manual, said that they want to improve the the experience over time with the Evercade family of of products, and the way that they're doing that is through uh, downloading updates. So I, I thought that was actually. Uh, kind of neat it, it's definitely uh, something that i wasn't expecting but it, it, it was really cool now um obviously these are old old these are all at least the games that i have are all old school arcade games i'm not going to go into detail of how you know how how they played i mean they're 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 arcade games they, they are what they are um the controllers themselves are serviceable but they're not i think a little bit a little bit more effort could have been done and i, I and it, it's probably not a fair assessment to say that because i think with some of these games some of these games particularly i'm, I'm thinking missile command i'm thinking particularly uh games from the intellivision collection those were designed with specific control functions in mind. And the controllers that you get with this are basically uh, NES controller clones. So there's, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of give and take with, with a lot of, with a lot of this stuff. The, on the negative side, I will say that the, Digital pad is a bit too mushy for my taste. Uh, playing playing Burger Time, which is uh, gosh, is, which I discovered uh, through in television. I I, I love that game. Uh, Burger Time, the arcade version of Burger Time. I did not feel completely in control of uh, Peter Pepper. And of course, old school game arcade games required precision movement. And oftentimes I would overshoot, you know, my dude climbing one little rung above, you know, the platform that he needs to be on. And my guy wouldn't go to the left or go to the right because, oh yeah, this, this thing feels so mushy. I, it, I took a step, a half step or one step further than I needed to. And I can't make that move. And I wind up getting killed by a hot dog or a fried egg as I'm trying to build these burgers. So yeah, I if wish you if you take mm -hmm. a look at it, um, I know that there's other items uh, compatible as long as it's USB on there. There's a list on Evercade's website with different uh, things that are listed on here. So yeah, I was going to go into that. I have an 8-bit dough uh, USB wired controller and that did not work. Now I'm assuming that's not on their list of uh, compatible uh, third-party controllers, but I tried using my 8-bit dough, and it didn't work. Um, 
so I, I I guess I'll probably have to take a take another look at or take a look at that list to see uh, the list of controllers that are that are on that compatibility list. But overall, I think this is a fantastic product um, for those who have an affinity for uh, old school gaming, uh, retro gaming maybe don't have access to some of your old uh, and now i'm i'm buying arcade collections i'm re- they also have like new content like they have like an indie collection of some sort and they've got uh some what what seem at least advertised on the back of the box there's some uh original content i'm not really all that interested in that my whole thing is the arcade the arcade games and maybe some collections from uh, some re- some retro consoles from the past. The another thing <laughs> with regards to the controller, while playing the Intellivision collection, they selected games that did not really. Well, they I think they thought that you really didn't need the keypad in order to play but you need that keypad in every game that's on the Intellivision in some way or form for example they had uh ice hockey uh not the nhl licensed hockey uh, that i have but it was the version that allows you to play against the computer and the way you you make the selections the same way you did uh using the Intellivision controller. So you have to hold down the L, uh, it's not a, the LB, the uh, the L button, similar to an, an Xbox 360 or newer controller. That brings up a virtual Intellivision control pad. And then you use the digital pad to select the numbers for the selection that you're trying to make. The problem with that is, is that you have to know what what those it does not show the overlay. So outside of just making one or two player selections, any other games that they are thinking about bringing from the Intellivision that in which the keypad is a key element in the gameplay is going to be problematic if they don't have a virtual representation of the overlay for that. So um but games like Astro Smash play okay. I, again, because of the mushiness of the digital pad, I found myself kind of not feeling like I was in total control of my little uh, ship blaster at the bottom, but it, it it played okay. But I don't think... And, and Night Stalker, they had Night Stalker, which is the game that made me fall in love with Intellivision. Night Stalker played surprisingly well. And the old man still had his nice stalker skills. I was able to get to the uh, able to get to the black robot <laughs> after not playing okay. Night Stalker, which okay. is a second to the last enemy. Uh, the last enemy being an invisible robot, which is a cheap ass bastard uh, who can destroy your hideout. So it's like, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna survive the night. But. Um, yeah, the old man was able to get it done, and it Night Stalker is probably the best uh, game uh, to play with the controllers that 
came with this system. So, uh, in sh- not in short, uh, <laughs> but to wrap this up, I would say that if you're, if for those of you who are listening who may be uh, older cats or uh, like me and uh, kind of thinking about, you know, the fun it was playing some of those old school arcade games, I would highly recommend the Evercade versus. I mean, again, like I said, it's not perfect. Like when I played the arcade collection for the Atari Missile Command, no, well, it was it was this other one. It's kind of like Missile Command. It's like Galactic Commander, where there's like four ships that shoot missiles, and you're trying to blow up missiles coming from a planet that's that are aimed at the four ships at the four corners of your of your screen. That game was unplayable because, again, it was probably designed for a trackball in the arcade. Missile Command was not too far behind that, which was kind of like the, the, the game that I was looking forward to the most uh, in the Atari collection. So unfortunately, if it is a game that has had a specific control mechanism in mind, it's not the best, but graphical representation uh, audio representation at least from from my old man memory uh being at uh, video you know video empire video pinball uh remembering some of these games it, it sounded on point so i the evercade vs comes highly recommended from me uh definitely worth checking into if you are retro minded so uh with that unless anybody has anything or any questions about it um we can move on to the next section next s- section of the show anybody have any, have any questions about the evercade enjoying it quite a bit i mean obviously you've been t- talking about it. is there any other uh, cartridges that you're looking to pick up or are you going to pick up the portable maybe I'm not going to play pick up the portable because I'm not that I'm not the portable guy anymore. So that would and and you can't connect the portable to or you might be able to connect it to a monitor. I, I haven't done the research for it, but I don't need it because I got the VS. Uh, but for those who are portably minded. I think the the portable unit would be a great pickup. It would be a great pickup. Um, I think you can also, I want to say you can use the portable unit as a controller with the VS. I want to say yeah. you can do yeah, that. Yeah, I was reading that. Yeah. So, so there's there's that, but uh, but yeah, then the, I mean, this thing has four ports, so like when you can play four player combo tribes, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, and you it, could use. Like I was going through the controller list while you were talking, and it is compatible with the Dual Shock Four, Dual Sense, so you could hook up via USB connection basically any controller out there okay. on there. You could hook up an Xbox One controller as well. So okay, okay, so it might make your mushy D-pad a little bit better. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, indeed, indeed. So with that, we're going to move on to our next topic on our docket, which is going to be the main event. So, Des, you're on deck, bro. All righty. 
So, uh, everybody, thank you so much to everybody who, as always, who uh, responds and posts uh, something and answers our question. So, for this week's question, we had, or this episode's question, we had, with the recent release of Babylon's Fall, uh, do you have a favorite game that everyone else hated or had a bad opinion of? Beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder, so let us know of any favorite games that everyone else straight hated on. So Crystal Chase on our Discord says, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say badly reviewed games, but I do love B-tier games, especially the uh, 360 area era, sorry, such as gems like Time Shift, The Darkness, Bulletstorm, Fear, etc. I miss weird shit like Metal Wolf Chaos. Take a chance on something. Not everyone has to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Agreed 100%, my friend. Sometimes you just got to get out there and let your freak your freak flag fly with um with silly games you know but b tier is actually a really good a really good uh title for that so uh double f 2018 at fred french 2017 on twitter says mr mustard your friend of mine uh i enjoyed Homefront. not sure if the game had a really bad rating but i know a lot of people didn't like it a friend of mine let me borrow it so i wasn't out of any money on it that's the best thing get you gotta get your friend like joe uh i was going to pick up the second one on the cheap but just never got around to it yeah uh, borrowing a, a a really kind of you know game you're not really sure of, uh, always better to buy, borrow it from a friend or your local library, as we were talking about earlier. The library is your friend. So Joe, uh, any I know you got a ton probably of uh, of shitty ass games that you loved that were just complete trash. So uh, yeah, buddy, once you once you lay a couple of them on us, shitty. What are you talking about? <laughs> No, yeah. no, I'm sure they, I'm sure they were all gems, <laughs> gems, just 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 diamonds in the rough, buddy, just diamonds. Well, one round, one, round one game you probably want to mention and a lot of people disregarded, but we all love here it happens to be Earth Defense Force because you know Earth Defense Force doesn't exactly get the uh, ex- exact like you know love from a lot of people on there, so. I'd probably mention that, you know, and then Fred French, of course, referenced Homefront. I actually enjoyed playing Homefront on there. I'd probably also reference another game of reference. I talk about numerous of these questions is Crackdown, especially Crackdown 2 and Crackdown 3. And I enjoyed, even though everyone seemed to crap on it uh, quite a bit. Uh, Babylon's Fall, you know. Obviously, it's the latest darling <laughs> of the critical eye, but, uh, you know, I still enjoy it for what it is. Kind of got the question going, but, you know, there's been other titles, too. I mean, that uh, maybe not as highly regarded, but, uh, you know, it's a point that if it's it's something your jam, it's going to be your jam, you know. You know, good, bad, and different. I mean, what do you guys think as far as uh, I know, like, you know, we probably mentioned that God Hand, uh, that wonderful Clover Studios Capcom PS2 game from back in the day, got like a four from IGN and it is rated very poorly by most outlets. So, and it was you fantastic. Know how, you know how good that God Hand was, you know. So. Yeah. I think that's one of the things you just got to recognize is that, you know, one's 
one's trash is another person's treasure. You know, just what uh, Crucial Chase was talking about, all those all those uh, 360 era, like they were coming out went with a ton, a ton of uh, open world, you know, blow everything up like mercenaries for Christ's sake. I mean, there's like tons of games in the 360 era that were that were fantastic. Bulletstorm was another one. Like I beat that game in an afternoon and loved it. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these games are kind of crappy, but but it just depends. And then again, not everyone can be Red Dead Redemption like he was saying. So yeah, uh, Will it, Dion. Oh, I'm sorry. Even like that new game, Balan Wonderworld. You know, everyone crapped on. You know, the one that was made by Yuji Naka. You know, some mm-hmm. people actually thought the game was decent. So yeah, it's like, you always have your outliers. Yeah. So uh, Will D on Discord says, uh, two come to mind in recent years, Anthem and uh, BF or Battlefield uh, 2042. Both suffered, both suffered or are suffering from the same issues, lack, lack of plasticity and support. I had uh, a lot of fun playing both. Anthem was poorly supported and ultimately had no legs, and now it looks like Battlefield 2042 might suffer the same fate. EA slash DICE announced no major updates until summertime. Crazy. For this reason, many uh, Battlefield players put it on the back burner, myself included, after much of the player base left. How does EA launch two living games and then the appropriate support is not in place? EA's mentality seems to be fire and forget for some titles. But then other others like Star Wars Battlefront gets much better support. I think the reason why Star Wars Battlefront got much more support was because it was the franchise was bigger. Star Wars is a huge franchise and so in order to keep their franchise their their licensees or the you know, the people that gave them the license, they got to they got to push that support and actually show that they're doing something with the license. So I think that's what I think that's why we were we were getting a lot more support uh regarding Star Star Wars, you know. So that's just my take on that. Uh, but you're right. I, I think a lot of games uh, that come out, um, especially with ratings uh, being what they are, uh, you got to play them. You just got if it looks fun to you, uh, just play it, you know, and then then make your own your own thoughts about it or not. Um, and and if you have a service like Game Pass, well, then even better, you know, <laughs> you know, just play it on there. And then and then if you don't like it, just delete it. So, I mean, that kind of one of the benefits of having a, a game pass is, is you can just play the games that you want or even a or even you know spartacus if they're, that's what they're going to call it i remember it gives you the option or you again you go to the library and just check these games out and then and then have your have your fun uh kev are there any games that that kind of you know sucketh but you were like these are amazing or or ones that you that were great and you were like that's trash I know one of the ones. I know one of the ones would probably be Man Eater. I think. I think you were like, Man Eater, uh, and then you played it. and You're like, damn, this is pretty good. Yeah, that was probably one of the one of the ones that changed my mind more more recently. Uh, of course, God Hand, which is probably still my favorite game ever, uh, was tr- was critically trashed, but mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. Another one that comes to mind. And I, I had to think about this. This is this is kind of a deep cut. Well, there I've I've one deep cut, and I got another one that's super deep cut. The deep cut is Narc for PS2. <laughs> Those who yeah. remember that, I yeah. freaking loved that game. And what was so funny is like there was this other game. It was called. Uh, uh, 
crime, New York City crime or crime in New York where you were like true, this true crime, true right? crime. Yeah, true I never crime. played that one. It was like supposed to be like the, you know, the second coming of Grand Theft Auto, right? And everybody was talking about true crime, New York is just going to be so good. That's going to be great. I like narc better than true crime. And primarily because true crime was way too ambitious for the hardware. It was, it was shoehorned into Uh, specifically talking specifically about the PlayStation two I wound up taking my uh, PS2. I want to say I took my PS2 copy back and got the Xbox version. It played a little bit better, but not by much because that game just had like so much going on. But anyway, I like Narc way better than than, than True Crime, uh, and P- the the critics hated hated. Uh, narc it, 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 and to be Sitting honest 50 on metacritic right now so. yeah to be honest it was probably it might have been well deserved but it was so hokey uh, me me and my homie damon we gosh we've been gaming road dogs for i don't know how many years I, we i remember hanging out at at his at, at his house uh one time and we just like th- there was no real co-op. We were just passing the controller back and forth, just you know, playing as w- one dude and player that might have playing as I can't remember if it was co-op or not. I don't think it was, but <laughs> the funniest things would happen in that game because it was so poorly. And again, I say poorly, I don't know if optimized is the right word. It's just like you know, you weren't working with the strongest the highest level of hardware back then and just weird stuff would happen. Like uh, uh, I, I was trying to do a, 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 a dope deal and this, this plain clothes cop is who is off, who, who is off screen just knocks my dude unconscious with a clipboard and just starts huh. writing the port you know, like, like writing up the report, like you were writing up the ticket or whatever. And I, and I got the, the game over and me and Dan, we, we were laughing about that for, I don't know how long, just weird stuff like that happened in that game. So my, my other super deep cut, my other super deep cut is, uh, return or, 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 uh, the empire strikes back for in television and the 2600. Now, I don't remember, I don't know if this a game that old would be on Metacritic, but I can remember this game being panned for being a Defender clone, which which it was. It was definitely a Defender clone, but everything was a clone of something else back back then. So I, it's like, okay, you know, whatever. For whatever reason... That game, I I used to sit in in my room and play that game for hours, and 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 they were right. It is a a defender clone, and really not that good a one. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Parker Brothers. Parker Brothers had hit and hit her and her misses. Uh, you could probably argue that Empire Strikes Back was probably a miss. You know, they said you could fly between the legs of the ad but I wouldn't try it because 
the hit detection was not the best. I enjoyed that game. I had for 2600. But, I rocked that thing quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember reading like an EG. It was, I want to say it was EGM electronic gaming, electronic games monthly before it, well, that's what it was called before it became EGM. And they were just downplaying it, saying it was like a poor Defender clone, a couple other magazines I remember seeing it. I, I just, I loved that game. I absolutely loved it. So, you know, you know, like, like, like we say, like Des said, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. You know, now, now if you gotta, like, like ET or Indiana Jones from back in the day. Oh man, oh man. I, I never, like fortunately, Jones. I never played those. Fortunately, I, I liked never Indiana played Jones. Those. No, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, I liked Indiana Jones. It was fun. Raiders on the twenty six hundred. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, or well, then there was Pac Man on the twenty six hundred, Donkey Kong on the Intellivision. You know, I'm sure some there are there are there are somewhere somewhere out there uh, there are people that enjoy those games and and you know that's fine. It's like you have to. That's the wonderful thing about this hobby is that there is such a, a there and there always has been such a great uh, uh, depth of content available that y- you don't always have to go by, you know, some paid critic's opinion because at the end of the day, it's just a dude's or a gal's opinion about something. Yep. I think we understood that years ago when we've kind of lost that in this era of youtube influencers and twitter twitter blue checks and all this other stuff so yeah agreed but but yeah but that's uh that's pretty much it i mean um all the games that were mentioned were definitely um hit or misses for somebody so uh but again like always thank you so much everyone who took the time to reply kevin will give you another shout out at the end as always but we have another question uh for next time so that question is what are your opinions on games needing to connect to the internet 24 7 are you cool with this as like a normal thing that everyone does now or do you just want to play offline and be like stop stop it you know my connection is terrible leave me alone at&t you know so let it let, let us know we would love to have a conversation about that so uh, but yeah but that's pretty much it thank you again everybody and i'll turn it back over to kevin all right our next topic on the docket is going to be the news so jabroni chief you're on deck all right, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, we're going to first hit things off by covering the state of play that happened. And this happened quite a bit of a time ago. It happened on the 10th of March. But uh, there was some good news nuggets that popped out from this thing. We'll kind of talk about the show in general. Uh, first thing that showed was this game called Exo Primal, which when it first kicked off we thought it might have been the second coming of dino crisis but no it is a turok or turok yeah it's uh basically a crazy co-op action game from capcom where you're finding a ton of monsters on there you basically got monsters popping out of the sky if you look at the trailer on they're there, dinosaurs, though. yeah they're dinosaurs and you're busting out in these exosuits and it's like, you know, basically uh, up to five player co-op 
on here, and it kind of looks bananas on here a little it's bit. It's Anthem so. with dinosaurs. You know it. <laughs> with actual maybe some good support, too. So we'll have to see how that rolls out. But the game looks kind of crazy. And it's almost like it was a swerve because there's some noted people out there that have been waiting and pining for Capcom to do a new Dino Crisis game for one reason or another. And it almost like this, it was a tease because one of the characters there in the trailer looks exactly like Regina, the protagonist from Dino Crisis 1 on there. So it's kind of nuts to think about it. But this game is multi-platform. It's not just coming out for PlayStation. It's coming out in 2023. But it is also a cross-gen title so it's coming out for both uh, ps4 ps5 and also xbox one oh my god and xbox series x along with pc on there nothing was mentioned about a switch version but uh i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to that. i think this would be a fun game that game you know i don't know how you guys feel about it but it looked uh, fun like yeah. i'm not gonna lie it looked fun when i looked at it i was genuinely i was genuinely like oh okay I see what they're doing here. This might be this might be a little silly ass game that you can hop in and and uh, and play with a bunch of people, like you were saying. You know? Yeah, Again, it almost, it's, it's almost like a co-op like. Earth Defense Force in a way when you really think about it. You know, mm -hmm. with so, dinosaurs I'm, and Tyrannosaurus Rex and all that. Yeah, stuff. I'm here for it. So, what about you, Ken? Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I'm all about it. It, it it's. It's, 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 I mean, for the most part, this entire show just had show enough written all over it. Uh, most of the games that I saw, uh, I was like, yeah, I, yeah, okay, I'll be buying that. Nope, okay, I'll be buying that. And, and, and Exo Primal was, <laughs> was just an, another one. The first one that they showed is like, yeah, yeah. Another thing they showed, the next thing on the show was a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo, which is coming out basically like in a week or two. I um, almost pre-ordered it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it looked pretty damn cool. You got to see a little bit more. And, of course, this, this is from the same uh, team that brought you both uh, Evil Within and Evil Within 2 within Bethesda on here. This is the X, like, Capcom. Uh, Shimmy Megami, uh, basically the, the the director of Resident Evil 4. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of liked what I saw of it. Even though it's a first-person game, there's definitely some good adventure characteristics in there, and it just things look kind of bananas a bit. So I don't know how you guys feel. I know you are you, you think you might uh, possibly pick it up, Des? Yeah, because it looks like it's not it's not like a super horror game like it has like creepy elements but it's mostly a um a ghostbusters kind of thing where you're running around taking out uh ghosts and and i don't know it looks kind of fun you're like a you're like a doctor strange almost running around um uh exercising demons and um pulling the cores out of them and and ghosts and talking to ghosts and stuff i watched a lot of uh uh gameplay of it because the uh the folks um the folks that were uh who who got uh early copies were able to talk about it so i watched acg i watched a couple other people and it was just kind of like okay you know i'm wondering what's gonna be like what what's gonna happen um with it but yeah i almost i am i almost uh went 
you know, full hog on it, but I was like, no, I'm not going to. So I said no. Um, and yeah, I well, picked it up it, a little later. It's it retails for sixty bucks. You know, some people out there just like with, uh, you know, because of the Bethesda connection and whatnot, uh, they're waiting for it to pop up on Games Pass. But you'd probably look in the wait an entire year from the yep. release date on because it's a uh, yeah because it's a it's a uh, PlayStation timed exclusive, so you won't see it for about about a year year and a half. So, yeah. and and so that's why I was kind of like, well, maybe that's okay, you know. Yeah, but Tango GameWorks, I mean, uh, it looks cool. I mean, I think if I wasn't uh, like kind of holding off on purchasing right now on here, the Steelbook that's available at Best Buy is very, very cool looking as well. So who knows, maybe this will be something I'll look to pick up later on there and play on there. Kev, any uh, thoughts on Ghostwire Tokyo? Oh, this one had been kind of in the maybe for a while. The gameplay that they showed, and I haven't watched anything after the this state of play regarding it, really kind of opened my eyes to what they're doing. And I think I get it now. So I'm thinking it may not be a day one, but I think it's going to be a game that I wind up getting at some point. Because the combat really did look good. Yeah, um, agreed. And one thing to it keep really in mind, too, good. is that uh, there is a prequel game that's available on PlayStation right now. You can download it for free on there. And it is a uh, actually a text adventure game. It's basically uh, something that uh, is like a graphic novel, basically, a visual novel on there that you could kind of get into the prologue of the game a little bit and uh, be able to understand what story it's trying to tell and whatnot. So. So if you are interested, you know, definitely check out if you have access to a PlayStation 5 on there. I believe this is also coming out for a PlayStation 4 as well. So no, actually, no, it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. You know, mm-hmm. strike that from the record. On that. So, so definitely keep an eye out for it just in case you want something new to play. And maybe get a chance to get an idea of how the uh, plot line is going to work out for that. But uh Next thing they showed was the, the release date trailer for uh, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, which is coming out today on March 18th on there. And the demo did drop the day of, you know, the state of play on here that carries over your chapter progress on there. And I know all three of us have talked about this game a little bit. Uh, I want to play the demo more myself, but uh, I know, Des, you've been thinking about buying it. Kev, you've been thinking about buying it as well, right? I bought it. Yeah, I got my copy today. Oh, wow. Good deal. So maybe I'll have some impressions on the next episode. But, uh, yeah, this is from Team Ninja. You know, they kind of went off Neo 2 and kind of had their own play on this. And, you know, of course, we all made fun of the Chaos, Chaos, Chaos trailer from E3 time last year, you know, when the big showcase was shown and whatnot. But uh, I think uh, you guys will have some input on there did you guys pick up your still books uh mine is being mine is being sent to me got it so So, we'll see yeah next thing uh was shown was square enix uh um showed a new trailer for forespoken on here so they did push this game back to october 11th this is coming from luminous productions the same team that did final fantasy 15 split off from square but they're still working with square enix and uh you know uh, I thought the gameplay trailer looked 
quite awesome. I know the last one that they showed on a prior state of play got some people kind of questioning what was going on with the game per se, but uh, I'm still excited for it. I already have this game pre-ordered actually. So how about you gentlemen? Are you excited for this game? This has the, uh, you know, the African-American female protagonist on there and they, you know, brought into a fantasy world and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be picking this up. Not sure about day one. I still have to see a little bit about what's going to be happening with it. Uh, but the gameplay that I've seen from it looks good. I knew that I do know that it's been pushed back, but you know, to give it a little bit more cook, you know, time in the oven, which I'm always for. Like, if you gotta, if you gotta cook it a little bit more to add a little bit more seasoning, you know, take care of it. But, um, I probably will be picking it. I mean, I definitely will pick it up. You know, number one, you don't see that many African-American females leading games. And um, I guess Amy Henning did the story and some other stuff. So so I'm excited. I think it looks fun. Um, again, I just got to see how, how it plays, you know, and, and if it's going to be like the pacing. Um, but I probably will end up picking it up. Like, I, yeah, I, I can't see myself not picking it up, you know. Yeah, I know what the Amy Henning and Gary Whitta, the, you know, he's on the Xbox podcast. Yeah. But he's like the uh, script writer for like, uh, uh, God, what's that uh, Denzel Washington movie? Um, Book of Eli? Yeah, you got it. And also the, mm-hmm. the same guy that did um, that Star Wars movie, not Solo, but the really good one. Um, Oh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. yeah, he also scripted that as well. So, Well, let's see. <laughs> we'll see yeah. indeed. Uh, next thing yeah, on the show. That'll be a day one for me. Yeah, I'm all about it. That's what diversity and content looks like. It's, it's like instead of giving black folks the leftovers, white folks leftovers, you know, give us some original quality content and characters in amazing looking universe. That's that's how you do diversity the right way. Agreed. Yeah, because I'll step off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next thing that was shown, and I think we're all kind of indifferent on, is a uh, Gundam Evolution. So this is like I am a not ter- indifferent. I am not indifferent on that at all. It looks terrible. I do not want to play it. A first person Gundam, you know that that plays like um over what? gundam oh, 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 oh overwatch yeah, yeah overwatch. it's a, it's a hero shooter yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know that's not sorry that's not that's hey that's not for me i know it's not for me if it's for you out there enjoy it more power to you do it work it out yeah. but i'm not it's not for me nope it is coming up for what, ps4 ps5 and also on steam on there there's network tests available for it, just in case if that's something that might uh, tickle your fancy if need be on here it is free to play so you know good bad and different but uh you know we'll have to t- take a wait and see on that um teenage mutant ninja teenage mutant ninja turtles kawabunga collection was announced on here and so this is from konami and they're working with digital eclipse to basically get a full encompassing collection so every konami based TMNT title arcade nes game boy super nes genesis you name it, it's on this collection on there. And they are curating the entire catalog uh, for this. And uh, a lot of people are excited on here. I know, Des, you indicated to me before that you are not excited for this collection. For uh, 
I think not excited is a, is the wrong word. I'm just not like I'm like okay, this was cool, fun, yay. But like I'll get it on a discount, you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. I mean, hey, again, I think it's great that all these games are getting new legs and we're able to get collections of it. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that Way Forward is doing. So so yeah, this is great. You know, I will I will pick it up on a on a discount. And we can probably play lots of, um, we can play it during game night or something, you know, that's, that's about it. Trying to put me on the spot, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, I know you had strong opinions when we talked about before. That's why I, I have strong opinions. Opinion. I was just, I just, I, I think it's great that they're trying to get out there and do that, but I'm just, I, I'm more interested in the newer stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, all that stuff, I'm glad that it's, that it's going to be in one place in one single in one single kind of thing, and I'm definitely would well, I will definitely play it uh, with you guys because it's going to be you know it's going to be it's going to be fun, but I'm not going to pick it up day one or anything. It's just oh, yeah, to me, tournament back, fighters yeah. and having that included is like something that's really cool because I enjoyed that fighting game on and Super NES like back in the day. So yeah, yeah, this is this is day one for me. That that I I don't have any connection with the Game Boy or the NES uh, titles, but the SNES and the arcade games. I mean, Tournament Fighters was my was my jam. I I was working fools over with Shredder. That that was my <laughs> dude. That was my dude. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna be all over this. Day one. And there is a physical, so, you know, it's not going to be just a limited run physical. It's actually a physical collection coming out for retailers. That's so. great. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, I know Konami hooked up, like, a lot of these prior Castlevania collections, but it's only available through limited run, so, on here. But it's coming out retail for 40 bucks, so not too bad, so. Yeah, I think TMNT is a license that would warrant a physical release. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely big enough for it. All right. And another thing they showed kind of out of the blue, but they are re- remastering an old fighting game. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R is coming out. It's a remake of the 2013 JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. It's uh, coming from Bandai Namco and will be out in early autumn on here. It looks kind of bananas on here. Tons of characters. Um, I, I know I played All-Star Battle back in the day, and uh, I thought it was okay. It's like, you know, I think the original JoJo's from Capcom from back in the day on the PlayStation and the, on Dreamcast uh, were, like, more titles I were, was into, if need be. And I'm not a big JoJo's fan as far as, uh, you know, the anime goes and the manga. I haven't really connected with that series myself on here but i know that it does have definitely have its following out there and uh i know this game originally was developed by cyber connect too and i'm not sure if they're working on the remake or not i'm assuming so though so any thoughts on this i i have no connection with jojo either it i've tried to get into the show the anime the the later uh renditions of it i i just don't get it I, i don't but it looks good uh, it kind of reminds me of Fist of the North Star for Saturn, 
or those that remind that that re, that are familiar with that two D that two D fighting game. Um, it just the way it, that it's presented, but of course it's in three D. You know, cell shaded. It's on a two D plane or a two point five D plane, and it looks like there are some cinematic action moves that take place. But if it, it, it kind of gave me those vibes, but yeah, I, I'm I'm just not into JoJo. That, that's really that's really the <laughs> the only thing. But that's the uh, yeah, rub. For it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a like I've I've read a couple of things for it, and I'm familiar with the universe, but but no, I just don't. You know, I there's just it's just such a depth of 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 uh, lore and everything with that with that that i'm just kind of like i don't know where to begin and you know and i like like one piece yeah one piece with me it's like i don't get one piece either and like for me to jump into that because there's so much content to swim through you can't just start at one when they're at like episode 800 or 900 or something like that and i I know i know it's an it's a fighting game and you can probably don't need to know the backstory you know just to play the fighting game you know and Mm. you can you you can kind of separate the two but in some instances you can't though because because people you're going to want to play your your favorites and whatnot you're going to want to and i think if you know the story you get more from it so but again uh i'm glad it's coming out i'm glad that we're seeing a lot more um a lot more uh interesting stuff coming out of japan so yeah cool good deal uh also shown during the uh, state of play was the latest trailer for trick the yomi that is from flying wild hog uh, i will be picking that up shadow warrior 3 uh looks very good uh very kurosawa-esque samurai action adventure game on here and, and amazingly i didn't you know they're not going to announce it during the state of play but it is a day one on games pass as well so on here so just in case you want to save a dime in part of your subscription service of choice haha i can't imagine on- it being too expensive seeing it's from devolver digital and, and flying wild hog so i i'm i liked uh um uh the last games so shadow warrior so i will probably venture in and and actually buy it pick, pick it up yeah. yeah and uh if you do want to get a physical i know that they'll probably have physical through special reserve game which is uh devolvers like uh house brand who print their physical media on there so yeah i probably i'd rather get it from them than any than any other place so so i'm, I'm glad i can buy it directly from them yeah, I know they have Shadow Warrior up right now. I think the pre-order is up until, I think, the end of April, I believe. So with Shadow yeah. Warrior 3 has been getting kind of a little bit savaged in the, uh, you know, around the review circles, at least right now. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care. I bought it, so I pre-ordered it, so I bought it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it, so. But yeah, this game just looks, it looks like a complete 180 from, <laughs> from, um, uh the other games that they've made so i'm thinking that's like okay you know let's let's see what you're doing with this I'm yeah, they're pretty it. they're pretty active i know they're working on another game too that we talked about that crazy western game so mm-hmm. that uh, i'm trying to remember the name of it but i'm gonna look it up right now here so uh evil yeah. west is yeah evil west is the other one yeah yeah they're working evil on west that. is pretty that, crazy too 
Yeah. They're definitely looking for I could definitely tip their hat to them. I mean, they're cranking out content for sure, you know, so. On there also Returnal is getting a new mode that's getting campaign co-op and a survival mode in a free update. I was not I expecting that. I actually thinking about because of that, I'm actually thinking about picking that up now and playing with either of you two guys. I thought, OK, like I think I can actually like if it's a two like a two player game running around doing stuff like that. I think that could be a fun little a fun little romp as a two player game. Well, I do. Have, it's in my backlog, Des. So if you I don't I have a lot of I don't, yeah, I don't no, I, I bought it. And I have not played it since oh, it came out last year. So it's great. It's hard. It's hard, but it's great. It, it's 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 a great game. Housemark. Housemark really captures the essence of classic arcade games in all of their works. But I think with Returnal, they prove that they can put their their Twitch reflex DNA in just about any game you know where you've got a triple a looking game that has those arcade uh quick movement twitch reaction uh type gameplay it, they they nailed it with returnal but but yeah i'm still stuck on the second biome <laughs> it is what it is but i love this game love this game and then the co-op is supposed to have something to where uh, it's going to take a while for you to revive your fellow player on there, and you're kind of tethered to each other, so you can't really wander too far apart to make you feel like you're connected to each other, which is kind of cool in a way. And then the uh, survival mode's called the Tower of S Sisyphus on here, and it kind of almost reminds me of like almost like a Returnal take on like a Nex Machina, like you know, basically a horde mode on there where you're just basically going up and just going up floors on the tower and uh, going to progressively harder uh, enemies and, and bosses and whatnot so and of course score chasing which is always uh, a kind of thing in previous house mark games as well so on here and this is all free it's coming out on march 22nd and if you enjoyed returnal definitely check it out i know there's other things that have been corrected with returnal with the like the save states and whatnot from the initial launch so i know that people going back to the game or maybe have kind of looked beside the game a little bit because of the uh, you know what was said about it on launch should definitely take a look at a second look at it for sure so mm -hmm. All right, and then also, too, uh, there was a couple of more games unveiled uh, to kind of uh, kind of nail the uh, state of play. The first couple games from Square Enix, uh, there was a strategy RPG called the Dio Field Chronicle. Look very good. Think of a, uh, you know, current gen, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics type of game. Uh, very, uh, you know, artistic graphical style, kind of in the same way. N not like the 2D, 3D games like the Octopath Travelers of the World, you know, Bravely Default, but kind of in the same vein before, before current gen consoles on here. So it definitely looked pretty cool. I know, Des, you were just it caught your eye, right? Mm-hmm. I will definitely be picking it up. It is coming out for everything under the sun. So it's out for PS4, PS5, PC. It's even coming out for Switch, Xbox. I'll get on Switch! You might get it on Switch. I don't know if it's going to look all muddy and crappy, but, you know, hey. Hey, don't I'll, you. I'll leave it to you uh, to be the high-res hater of the world. Here, so. 
Why? Well, see, why you gotta talking ish? No, I'm not. <laughs> and then, last but not least, they unveiled the latest long rumored uh, sequel to the Valkyrie series, Valkyrie Profile One and Two. Yes. Valkyrie Elysium is coming out in 2022, just for PlayStation and four and five, and also on Steam. And um, it's a sequel to one of Kev's favorite, uh, you know, action RPG uh, series from days of past, from both PlayStation Two titles on there. And so, definitely say your words for Valkyrie Elysium, Kev. Yeah, the, this. I I think I scared my coworker. <laughs> I was like, because well, this was on. Uh, it was at work. I had it on my phone, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> she looked. Mm. I think I startled her. <laughs> She's like, ah. <laughs> I mean, this is great, great, great news. I mean, um, I'll be the. Fr- I'll be the first one to say I understand the critique that I've seen about the graphics. I I get it. I understand it. But it has that same look as the first two games, in my opinion, the same color palette. I mean, mean, now we're going from uh, 2D, which the first one was. I mean, the second one was 3D. But they had the same. They had a similar color palette, and I'm, and the fact that they're making this uh, melee based, particularly after playing Final Fantasy VII remake, which was, I'm still in awe over how that game turned out. Uh, I'm all in. I am all in for another multi-hour. <laughs> RPG <laughs> time sink uh, in 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 the Valkyrie the Valkyrie world Ab- absolutely hundred percent. Yeah, one thing to good. keep keep in mind that it is done by a different team uh, than the original team because the Valkyrie Profile One and Two were from uh, Tri Ace mm. on here, so um, they do have a different developer on this i'm not sure they probably have some sort of uh, connection between maybe the um, previous games this is the same uh, team uh, soil limited they also did uh, the naruto to Boruto game and the samurai jack game on here so they've worked on a, a few different games and so um, i know they have a few games in development right now including uh, project Edo on here and a few other titles so it's definitely something to where it's not done by the original developers of valkyrie profile one and two so i think uh triace is working on that new star ocean game as we speak on there that was shown in the previous uh, state of play so we'll have to see how, how well it kind of pops out so yeah so, but I'm, yeah that that's and that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, I mean, how long ago did those did those first two games come out? Like twenty? They were both on the PlayStation. You know, like Valkyrie Profile was on PlayStation One, and Valkyrie Profile was, Pro on, was PlayStation on PlayStation 2. Two. Yeah. So I mean, people could have retired between then and now. So it's like, yep. you know, you, 
I I'm 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 hyped for it. I'm hyped for it regardless. I mean, the, the idea of getting this, the idea be well, it's got to be the same team. It's like you do know that people do retire, you yeah, know, and they do particularly when they move on to other companies. So yeah, yeah, I'm still digging it. That was your state of play, so that's kind of cool. And I think it's the great showcase, you know. So definitely on my alley. Uh, PlayStation did also have another state of play uh, yesterday on here, and they covered the uh, latest unveiling of the open world Harry Potter game, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, on here. So this is being done by Avalanche Software on here. It's coming out for everything under the sun, but Sony get a chance to kind of unveil the game a little bit. It's coming out for PlayStation 4 or 5, uh, Windows, Xbox One, and Series X on here. And, uh, you know, kind of it's a prequel to Harry Potter, so it's like a pre, pre-Harry. Uh, Pre-Potter. Pre-Potter, yeah. On here, so I know out of the three of us, I didn't really watch this, so Des, uh, what's your overall impressions of the... Um, showcase that they had um i thought the game looks great <laughs> i'm gonna be picking it up so i don't know what probably gonna be a day one get for me it's everything that i've wanted in a harry potter uh game you are a oh well, well you're a wizard harry so you could be a wizard and you can run around and you and it looks like there's like a goblin rebellion and an evil sorcerers. So yeah, I don't know what else to say <laughs> about it. I mean, it's gonna be fun. So I'm I'm ready for it. So I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It looked great. Um, it looked like you could do a ton of different stuff in it. the The areas looked good. The combat looked interesting. Um, the way you you got a little bit of swagger in your in your walk. I mean, it just looks fun. Um, so I'll have to I'm, check it out because I don't have any affinity towards Harry Potter whatsoever. But if it's a good yeah. action RPG, I'll, you know, That's I don't what care. A like. game is a game, you know. Yeah, so. it looks like a good action RPG. Like I'm looking at it and I'm just like, oh, you know. And you can like you can utilize different uh, uh, different uh, clothes, different different spells there's different hidden stuff everywhere it has a little bit of base building but not it has a little bit of base building but it's not like the kind of base building that you're <clears throat> that you're thinking about it's it's um uh it is like a place where you can kind of save uh, it's got a little bit of um uh the 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 beasts you know or fantastic beasts kind of thing in it it's just got a lot of stuff in it um, that you could run around and do at least from from the for the 20 minute or 16 minute trailer that I that or state of play that I watched that that spoke about it. I mean, it looks like you can go in there and you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm like, yeah, okay. yeah it's intended to be an open world game, and I know it's not a uh, multiplayer game either. It's just single player. So yep, single player. You run through. You play what you're gonna be. You're gonna play what you're gonna play, and then you're gonna get on. So yeah, you create your own character, change it, change it up, learn. You go to classes. When you're not in classes, you go on adventures, and it just looks fun and and it looks good. Like this game looks, it looks next gen, you know. So I, I just want to, I want to see um, more for it. And it's coming out in the holidays, 2022. So it'll be out yeah. this year. So I was just like, what? So yeah. 
coming out. Yeah. And I know uh, with the game, at least right now, because I'm the retail guy here, uh, it's coming out every every system under the sun. But I know if you grab it at Best Buy, you get a free ten dollar gift card with purchase. So. Well, I got to see what the I got to see what the uh, what the actual um, pre-order bonuses are because if I can get my cool little Phoenix hat or something, I might have to do that instead. You know, ha ha. Ooh, <laughs> but yeah, that is Hogwarts Legacy for all you Harry Potter fans out there. And then also another game that we uh, played quite a bit, you know, was on our game of the year list for last year. Uh, it, its expansion is getting more information. So Monster Hunter Rises Sunbreak uh, got a release date of June 30th on here. So that's going to be out for both Switch and PC on here. A Sunbreak will pick up immediately following the resolution of the uh, Rampage storyline on here. And it's going to have a new story arc kicking into gear. There's going to be a new monster Nuno Garon on here, uh, plus uh, Dame Fiorine, a royal knight from a distant kingdom, are sighted in Rise's familiar shrine runes area on here. So, you know, basically, as long as you pass the seven-star hub quest surfing goddess of thunder from the base game, you're able to hop into this right away on here. And, uh, of course, if you want to try to level yourself up in between now and then, uh, you're able, with a f- recent free update, to be able to grab some more weapons to be able to, you know, obviously power through the campaign of Monster on the Rise on there. So there is a, a new city, a port, port town of El Gato Outpost on here. And um, I'm pretty much down for this uh, day one. You know, it's a 40 buck expansion but there's supposed to be you know hours and hours of new gameplay on here there's a new area called the citadel on here so and then you're able to go from forests to icy mountains on there using the wire bugs and i think we'd be all there day one i don't know what you guys have to say about it so yeah it's fun it 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 does look fun i'm a little disappointed that we're leaving the area that the original game takes place and when i say area i mean the hub i really like that that japanese style uh edo era or edo looking era hub world that we had in the original game i'm not too keen on this the 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 europe European motif that we've got. I'm definitely not feeling that that web that mission kid that, that is giving us our missions. I'm like, okay, um, I, that 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 voice is uh, okay, but um, yeah, I, I'll see. I'll see. I have. I really wanted to like, and I do like Rise. I do. I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like a complete hater. Uh, but I wanted to really like Rise more than I think I really do. So I'm kind of I'm gonna wait and see on this one. I'm a, I'm gonna wait and see. Um, not in love with the wire bugs. I I got the hang of it during the course of my play of the game, but. 
you know, I, I think the, I, I don't know. I'll have to see if I, well, I know you guys, you both get it. I'll probably get it at some point, but, um, yeah, I, (laughs) I I don't know. My desire to like this game. I I'm, I'm more in love with the idea of rise than I don't, I don't know. No, it's fine. And I think that's the thing about these this game is like sometimes it it really it really hits and sometimes two. That I think that's really that's really what it boils down to. I wish it was yeah. world two. And it and it's not, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Understood. It's a different game, yeah. And there's new monsters too. There's like a ape called Grangolm on here basically and basically his left arm is covered in moss and his right arm is covered in manga. Magma, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> now, that manga. Interesting. <laughs> you have to cut it off to read it, huh? Yeah, there you go. This is going to be your meme of the, of the episode there. So uh, No, no. I, I, People make mistakes. It's okay. All right, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, it's also a, a yeah. Fang Wyvern Luna Garon here as well. So, And then they mentioned, too, that there's going to be some new play mechanics on here. Uh, they refer to as new wire bug actions, so we'll have to see what those are. But uh, as far as uh, those out there love to collect physical, of course, uh, there is not going to be a Monster and Horizon Sunbreak bundle that's coming out with a Steelbook and an Amiibo <laughs> on here. So There's like three Amiibos, right? Yeah, there's a total of three Amiibos, yeah. Yeah, um, we get them. Amiibo Hunt is on. Amiibo Hunt. So I might just have to get the uh, bundle, even though I already own Rise, just so to get the Steelbook case and the Amiibo part of it. I don't but, uh, care about the Steelbook. I just want the the Amiibos. We'll see. We'll see if they uh, make it <laughs> up. Look at him. His heart fell through. Was you don't care about the Steelbook? What? What is wrong with you, sir? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeding into your negativity, buddy. My negativity. <laughs> your opinion. Wow. Okay. But yeah, uh, what they said also is that uh, Capcom will be releasing new event quests and content in the base game up until March 25th, and that the new title update will arrive to everyone on June 30th on there. So, and uh, they're going to bring, of course, weapon balance adjustments, new item packs, and so on and so forth. So, there's going to be some several free title updates too for anyone who happens to buy the expansion as well. And we talked about on game night that I think John BT wants us to pick up Rise um, a little bit and go back and maybe pick up a new weapon. So I don't know if you'll join us, Kev, or not, but (laughs) something that uh, we'll probably be playing uh, this upcoming week on the Switch. So. Okay. All right, next thing to cover real quick. You know, this this past week, uh, there's some hubbub about Xbox uh, Initiative Studio. So uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, um, development people leaving the Initiative Studio. They're quadruple A talent Nexus Studio on here, of course. And this perfect dark reboot has not been going so well. They recently brought in, not a few months ago, announced that they're bringing Crystal Dynamics onto the project. But uh, according to at least this report from uh, VGC on here, um, about half of the core development team working on the game has quit the company during the last year, around 36 people on there. 
That's a lot. On there, that includes both the uh, game director, the design director, lead level designer, principal world builder, two senior designers, and a group of three former God of War designers and more on there. So, I mean, I hate uh, to say it, but uh, isn't that like almost everybody on the team? I mean, uh, two senior writers also recently quit. Analysis shows along with the project's technical director, technical art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animator, QA lead, and more on there. So, and more. Just <laughs> make it sound like a feature. <laughs> Even yeah. more people have left. Like, yeah. Damn. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, I guess the initiative now is less than 50 people. And, uh, from some of the crack reporting that VGC kind of did on here that they said that's a quote-unquote lack of creative autonomy and slow development process as the reason for the departures and described the wave of exits as quote-unquote fast and furious with the project momentum to be uh, heavily affected on here. So, and I guess Crystal Dynamics might be... Uh, taking more of a lead in this project on here. Yeah. And, uh, we'll have I don't know that's a good thing. I know the head of the initiative is an ex-Crystal Dynamics employee, so on here, so I'm not sure if because of the association or they're brought in, but uh, I know, uh, you know, they mentioned, of course, COVID and, you know, the pandemic working remotely, so on and so forth, but... Uh, you know, uh, that they attributed to the wave of departures due to frustration uh, about uh, the direction of the project, I guess, from the uh, head of the initiative and the game director. And the game director actually just left the company last month, I guess, so on there. So, uh, so we'll have to see how heavy-handed Xbox is in their management of the initiative, but it doesn't sound too good. There's quite a few games under the uh, Microsoft Studios banner that's not doing so hot. That plus I know Everwild, the Rare project, it seems like they're just like in a uh, long-standing creative like you know void, unfortunately. So I don't know how you guys feel about you know what Xbox is doing with their first-party titles. You know I don't want to open up that thing but i'm just hoping that they uh, do what's needed and not be so heavy-handed and maybe get the these people what they need to create a good project on there you know so sounds like they're not heavy-handed enough i mean mm-hmm. i mean when they're saying that there is no progress being done to me that sounds like okay we've got this thing that this idea and either the leadership can't make a decision or it's one of those things, okay, we'll table it for our next meeting. We'll table it with our next meeting. We'll table it at our next meeting. And maybe, nothing ever gets done. It, maybe it, it they seems didn't like want to be making other. a new perfect dark game. You know, that's the thing. It's like... I, well, I'm, I mean, Crystal Dynamics was brought in. As far as I was concerned, I thought they were doing the game anyway. They were there to help, quote unquote. No, it's, they were there to do the game. I don't buy that corporate speak that they did. They were there to do the game. You have all the the, the most brilliant minds, right? You know, the, the most brilliant minds assembled in game development from all across the industry, all under one house, under one roof, and everybody's bailing. There is a leadership, there's a leadership problem with Xbox Studios I think it, they should have scaled back 
that some of these acquisitions and put that money into building and hiring talent known and unknown to make a studio like this work and make it the projects, you know, in this case, uh, perfect dark come to fruition. You, you, you just can't throw money at something and expect and expect the, the ish to work. It, money is not the solution to everything. Too bad. <laughs> but you're right though. It's not. And I think, and I just, when you said crystal dynamics, I was just like, Ugh. so, mm. But I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said maybe they just don't want to make a new perfect dark game, you know. <laughs> but but if that's the case, then you know, you know, you got to kind of think about well, maybe this is not what you're, maybe this is not what you signed up for, and then you leave, you know. So something something is something's happening that they're not telling us about, you know, yeah. and that that's basically yeah. what's happening. And I'm and I'm like, if something's going on, someone got pissed, or someone got mad, or something happened. Um, I would imagine you've got a lot of egos under that roof too. Oh yeah, I would imagine that that's probably something. I'm sure you find that in every major studio that has dropped some some quote unquote bangers over the more recent years. But if you you know one guy thinks one guy thinks he should be carrying the ring to rule them all, and when you don't have effective leadership coming down from on high, in this case being Microsoft. I can see how uh, personality conflicts can affect the productivity of the projects being worked on, particularly if nobody is is making a decision. It crunch isn't the issue here. It is like ain't no progress being done. So folks are mm -hmm. like, you know, I've got these creative juices. I've got these ideas that I need to that I want to work on. I'm wasting my time sitting here waiting for somebody else to make a decision. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> this is yeah. just, you know, put them billions to better use, Microsoft. We'll see what happens. I'm just hoping the pressure of, you know, obviously producing. <laughs> of course, every studio is under pressure, so it's kind of dumb for me to say, but, uh, you know. That, this uh, is going into the scale bound abyss. Yeah, that's where this mm -hmm. that's where perfect dark is going. It, it's the scale bound abyss. Different reasons, you know, but still winding up in the same place. And that's unfortunate because I really enjoyed uh Perfect Dark on the N64. And I'd be interested in seeing what a current gen interpretation of that could look like. Uh but did, I did you like Perfect Dark Zero on the 360? I or? did not. I did not. I did not. I, that that game didn't do much for me, uh, but the but the original did, and um, yeah, <laughs> there's a leadership problem over there for sure. We'll see what happens. Okay, and then last but not least, my last news story of the night here. Um, you know, we I kind of plays into our um, main event question for next week, but. Uh, you know, we're not playing this game here. We're not going to. I'm not a sim racer. Kev's not into sim racers. And um, I don't know if I'm going to speak for you, Desmond, but I think you're not into sim racing either. But <laughs> Gran Turismo 7 right now has just been kind of a rough launch on here. And so they recently brought out a, a patch 
couple days ago that basically took the entire game offline, even the single player mode. It needed a internet connection, so it basically made the game entirely unplayable because of the what was in the patch, basically. So, so it's back up and running on here, but uh, right now there's some sort of uh, issues because right now the microtransactions and the cost involved to buy vehicles and other th items in the game has basically been ramped up from when the game initially came out on here and uh, a lot of people have been complaining about it they're thinking that the in-game economy is pushing players towards microtransactions on here of course the series creator uh, kazanori yamamuchi uh, came to make a comment saying that uh, we would like to have users enjoy lots of cars and racers even without microtransactions at the same time the pricing of the cars is an important element that conveys their value and rarity so I do think it's important for it to be linked with the real, real world prices. I want to make GT7 a game where you can enjoy a variety of cars, lots of different ways if possible. Try to avoid a situation where the player must mechanically keep replaying certain events over and over again. What was going on is that people were grinding certain events to get more cred so they could buy more uh, upgrades on here. That's why they nerfed a lot of that. So. You know, and said, and he also added that we will in time let you know the update plans for additional content, additional race events, and additional features that will constructively resolve this. It pains to me I can't explain the details regarding this at the moment, but we plan on continuing uh, to revise GT7 so that many players as possible can enjoy the game on there. So. You know, um, I know that you know, people are being patient with it, but uh, for people that like the game, obviously, uh, you know, it's something they're going to need to get over on here. Uh, do you have any opinion <laughs> about this, uh, Kev or Des? I know you're laughing. That's the way you Des. said it. You have to get over it. I mean, like, <laughs> that's kind of it, right? I mean, that's you want to play the game, and this is this is what nickeling diming is, mm -hmm. folks. Yeah. This is the pass basis. the nickel, pass the dime. That's this is it. So, so I mean, I I'm playing know. grid, so they don't bother me. You know? <laughs> uh, the only thing, I, the only thing I will say, and I don't know, because like I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday, or, or no, earlier today, and they were trying. The person on there was a big Gran Turismo player. And they were saying that it's the pricing, the model that they've got post this patch is not completely out of line to mm. what it was in the past. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that having a game require you to be online for even for the single player content is not cool. That's that's not cool at all. That's not a good look. And this is why I keep saying, I, I mean, we we got on Xbox, right? And no, I, didn't, I know I did. When they were with the original Xbox One, when they're talking about you know check ins and constantly being online, this is the this is the reason why crap like this happens when you know a, a patch which i'm like okay where was your quality control before you put this thing out 
brings the whole dang thing down. Now, I know some people were somebody, uh, and again, you know, it's like crumb side stuff, was saying that, oh, this is the worst L since the PS3 uh, network crash. <laughs> it's like, mm. it, it's a 24-hour period. That was dang near, what, a month and a half? Big difference, but the end result is still the same. This Something like this never should have happened. And it probably wouldn't have happened if you would have scaled back your online requirement, reserved that for multiplayer, and had your single-player uh, offline option being available so that people can just enjoy the campaign and doing getting the licenses, doing the races, that type of thing. So with regard to I, I don't really have a problem with having cars being available for purchase as long as they're available by actually playing the game. And Gran Turismo is just designed for hours and hours and hours. That much I do know because I almost 100 percented gt1 and gt2 after gt2 i said i'm done with sims that that i've i've put in my time mm -hmm. uh so i'm not going to really i can't really say you know gee you, you want the car you can either buy it or you can actually play the game which is what you're going to have to do in order to get good at it but the whole online thing that that never should have happened that never should have happened I love that, uh, you know, I was browsing Twitter today and some people were using this as being some big, like, you know, like you said, like the whole crumb side, but people were resurrecting tweets from like 2013 from mm -hmm. the official PlayStation account talking about like always online and all sort of crap mm -hmm. <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, obviously they're throwing a little shade on uh, Xbox at the time due to the Xbox One and the online check-in and now they're like you know ha 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 we got you now <laughs> well i mean you got to stay consistent you do have to stay consistent what's good for the goose is good for the gander yep. and when the eggs are sour from the goose they're they're gonna be sour from the gander you know i probably got my genders confused with you know foul but uh they get it you can't this is why we don't want this online only service type stuff because when a patch comes out that brings your whole game off and you can't play to even do the single player there's no excuse for that indeed and that is the news for this episode i'm playing grid so they don't bother me at all there you go that'll do her all righty so again a uh, special shout out to those that part that uh, took part in our main event. I uh, want to say a big special thank you to Crucial Chase Double F twenty eighteen and Will D, uh, both from uh, from our Twitter responses and also from our Discord. There's a whole lot of things you could be doing, a whole lot of shows you could be listening to. We definitely appreciate the feedback that you guys provide us each and every week. Because like I always say, if it weren't for our listeners and our participants in our uh, main events in our discords, we'd just be three old dudes yapping 
into the internet ether. So again, special thank you to you fine folks and for all of you who are listening to our show. Contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email you want to use. If you've heard something you want to respond to, or if even you yourself would like to be on our show, get your opinions on the wonderful world of gaming out to our listeners. You're going to want to send that feedback to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter at gamingvessels, G A M I N G V E S S E L S. You will also find a link to our Discord server on our Twitter page. You will also find links to our Discord server on whatever podcast aggregate you use to download this show. And I would highly encourage you, if you have not yet taken part or signed up for our Discord channel, uh, we are building up a neat community of gaming-minded folks who can discuss gaming, talk about the... the ins and outs of it industry and likes and dislikes and still be civil to each other we are not an echo chamber by any stretch of the imagination uh but you will find a lot uh, you will find a lot of cool people in there so i would her i would highly encourage you to join our discord family and help uh that community grow uh with like-minded good-natured folks uh, individually, we have our own social uh, media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff 71 That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. PlayStation Network, I'm Shonuff7. Same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox, I'm Shonuff071. Same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam, I'm Shonuff71. Same spelling as originally in my Switch friend code. It's 7658-2155-3309. So, Dez, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? All righty. Y'all can find me on Twitter at the Nemo 6 And you can find me on PSN, Steam, and Xbox Live at NemoTigger. That's N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. And my Nintendo friend code is 5280-6674-4519. And as always... Please, when you message us, let us know how you heard about us. Mention the show or something because we want to speak to people, not bots. They know what they did. Joe, where can folks find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me on Twitter under the user handle Jabroni Chief, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F. I also use that same user handle on both PlayStation Network and also on Steam. Xbox, uh, I am stuck as being the 374th Jabroni Chief on here, so just look under that user handle with 374. And my Nintendo friend code is uh, 4712-5953-1409. All right, so folks, we want to thank you again for hanging in there with us. We are bring, That brings episode 162 to a close. For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High-Res Hater, a.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that food max of gaming who can help maximize your gaming dollar? I'm Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. That purple bling bling. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Y'all. <laughs> Saying that we'll be back next week, episode 163, in your auditory canals. Peace.